The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. All of us at Podcast One want to say thank you for listening to this show. We would also like to ask a small favor of you. It'll take less than 10 minutes, and if you're one of the first few people to fill out the survey, we'll give you something for your time. We would like you to complete a short survey for us to help make things better around here. Just go to listeningsurvey.com and everything will be right there for you. That's listeningsurvey.com. The first 125 people to go and complete this survey will get a $10 gift certificate to restaurant.com. And there is a chance to win an additional $100 Amazon gift card. Filling out the survey will really help us out. Go to listeningsurvey.com and thanks for listening. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. Week 11 college football with an expert wise guy roundtable to my left, all the college knowledge, Brad Powers to my right, Ken Thompson. Oh my gosh, with sleeves. He's being contrarian. I'm RJ Bell. Steve Fazek. Steve Fazek is a wall. Now, a lot of speculation on why. Some says it's because he's getting crushed in the green button betting. Some says, oh, he had a family commitment. What was it? I can't say. Hey, listen, I'm not going to judge. I'm just a little skeptical. Brad, what about you? I am too. Sleepy and I were talking about an hour ago. Funny, it's the opening night of college hoops. Very soft numbers in college hoops tonight. Hmm. No, no, no. He's not ready for college hoops. Right. So nothing there. All I, right. think it, I think it's some little mini vacation. I mean, he loves vacations. Yep. All right. But here's the beauty of it. If he's not here, we get to harass him. So I actually spent some time last night and I found Fezzik's theme song. So now almost like Jackie, the joke man back on Howard Stern, whenever he would talk and talk a certain way, there'd be a theme song. And it just makes you laugh. We're going to establish a theme song for Fezzik. That's coming up later when we have something particularly interesting Fezzik related. But I'm looking forward to this because you two, in my opinion, go as deep as anyone in these games. So this will be a chance, a little harder core handicapping and some betting. Speaking of that, let's get our weekly green button bet recap. Hi, I'm Brad Powers. Last week I lost $200, but still up $480 for the season. Uh, and I'm Ken Thompson. Two wins, no losses, one push, and I'll take the $400 that I finished up and for the season, plus $580. Boy, he milked that, then. It took him like a minute to get through all that. I'm RJ. I lost 200 last week under protest. Under protest. Fezzik cheated. Again, what do you expect? <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. By the way, assuming that protest is set aside, I'm exactly even, even for the season.
like eight seconds from an ending and I, I couldn't resist. That was great. Yeah. Let's do it. Showtime! Woo! And remember, we've got Best Bets from Brad, Best Bets from Ken, Best Bet from Astler. Also, two, two crossfires. Brad and Ken, auto bet going head to head. Let's start. Clemson, number two team in the country, lane 20 against Boston College. The boys lean, lean. Let's get through this one fast, Brad. Yeah, I lean on Boston College, believe it or not. Even though I think Boston College generally overrated, here's what I do see in this one. So actually, on Straight Out of Vegas, you had this as your most overrated team in the AP Top 25. Yep. And Give the numbers. Yep, I have in the AP poll, I have or Boston College's number 17. In my power ratings, Boston College 26. But there's always a distinction. Even though I think Boston College is overrated in the AP poll, I still have Boston College power rated higher than almost everybody else in Vegas. And there's actually been value on Boston College, not just this season. In fact, the last 19 games, Boston College has exceeded expectations. 16-3 and three against the spread the last 19 games. But it's Boston College's opponent, Clemson, that you're paying the premium. Clemson's last four games, the Tigers outscoring their opponents by 51 points per game covering them, covering them by 27 points per game. This seems like it's uh, you're paying a premium. Keep in mind, just two weeks ago, Clemson was laying 17 at Florida State. Boston College is a far superior team than, than, than Florida State is. That's why I lean with the Eagles. Now, you've got Clemson clearly as the second best team in the country. Yeah, no question. I have Clemson about four and a half points better than Michigan on a neutral. And you got Michigan third. Michigan's my number three team. Wow. So Michigan lost to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And they're better than Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's undefeated. Yep. And Harb, what do you think of Harbaugh? Love Harbaugh. He smells. Ken. I'm telling you, I'm leaning Boston College, too. But I think Clemson definitely a clear-cut number two. No question about it. Took Lawrence a little bit to settle in. He settled in, shook off the injury uh, right after he replaced uh, Bryant there to get the job by himself. This defensive line is ridiculous. 32 sacks, they've only allowed 12. How about tackles for loss, RJ? 89 tackles for loss compared to only 31. They've given up a plus 58 in that department. The running game is ridiculous. And in that last blowout win, and again, they've averaged over 600 yards per game in their last two games. But in the game against Louisville, I mean, Etienne, only eight carries, 153 yards. Lynn J. Dixon, four carries, 116 yards. Feaster, six carries, 101 yards. It's ridiculous what they did to Louisville and what they did to Florida State the last two games. Boston College, though, this will be their all-everything game. They're off to a great start. They're playing well. It's in Chestnut Hill, so I expect them to give a Super Bowl-like effort. Will it be good enough to hang within 20, which is what the line was last I saw? And uh, I think it will be. I think they'll be able to probably hang right around that number, but not one that I want to bet against because this Clemson offense is a true juggernaut right now. And to me, it makes sense that there's no likes here. Because on one hand, you both seem to think Boston College is overrated if you look at the AP. So the public's going to go by that. Yep. On the other hand, you both really respect Clemson, a team you don't want to fade when they want margin. You know, listen, Clemson could easily lose. No, listen, a team's a 10, 12-point favorite. They lose all the time. I'm not talking about this game. But what's the projected ACC championship game? Oh, brother. Uh, Pittsburgh right now yeah. is leading. Believe it or not, Pitt is leading. Who's the fave? If you had to make a bet, I was going to pay you a thousand bucks if you got it right. Who's Clemson going to pay? Who are they going to play? Yeah, I almost think it's Pitt. Now. I think it's going to be Pitt. All right, what would the line be? Clemson 21 on okay. a neutral. 
Yeah, so that's a hard... I mean, you still can... Remember, people forget this. When Ohio State played LSU in 2008, and it was uh, January of 2008, in the national championship game, LSU had two losses, and they still made the BCS. West Virginia was a 28-point favorite over Pitt. They win that game. They played Ohio State. A 28-point favorite, Rich Rodriguez, lost, and it allowed LSU to win the title. Mm. Remember? Oh, yeah. So Dave wants that coaching pet. These things happen, and meaning losses you don't expect. Clemson, does Clemson get in? If they lose this game and win out, Clemson's in, right? In theory. But now if Bama somehow loses to Georgia and Michigan wins out, Notre Dame stays undefeated, all of a sudden, where's Clemson? Is it, it's a one-loss Clemson against a one-loss Oklahoma. I'd still take Clemson. Well, I get you would, yeah, right? But what I'm saying is at that it's, point, it's dicey, no at question. that point, what would be Clemson's best win? Like Texas what? A&M on the road? Which is a nice win. But not really. And Texas. only by two points at that time. Yeah. You know, you thought they were, they were much better. And A&M is going to have four losses. Remember is how good a team is is what your power ratings do. How good a season has been. How accomplished a season has been is what the committee or what the playoff committee is supposed to do. Right. And to me, I think Clemson wants margin. Right. So I, I don't, I'm, I find something I really don't like about playing Boston college, which is they're overrated. I find something that I don't like about play, playing on Clemson that they're the second best team in the country, which means that's where the public is. I mean, right now, Go to pregame.com, 92% of the bets, or actually 92% of the cash, 86% of the bets on Clemson. You know, if if you're betting with Freddie Fanny, Pat, you're going to win some of them, but you're not going to make a living at it. No, you're not. Next game, Oklahoma, favored by 18 and a half, hosting Okie State. Brad, what have we seen? Let's get an update. Oklahoma post Mike Stoops is DC. So what we saw from Oklahoma, the first two games post Mike Stoops was solid efforts. So I was ready to make a big upgrade. Hey, Oklahoma, if they play like defense like this rest of the season, Oklahoma might be the third best team in the country, not Michigan, not Georgia, Oklahoma. But I think the reality is maybe Oklahoma benefited from playing maybe the two worst offenses in the big 12. TCU and Kansas State, don't believe me. Those two teams played last week, and it was a slugfest, more of a, a 1970 Big Ten type of game between those two. When Oklahoma's defense finally played someone that could resist a little bit on offense, what happened? Oklahoma's defense gave up 46 points to Texas Tech last week. I, I'm not, I, I don't see it from Oklahoma now, three games in. So what was your downgrade of Oklahoma from last week? I downgraded Oklahoma about a point, point and a half. Boy, it seems like more. Should be. It's not because what happened was very uncharacteristic early in the game. Kyler Murray's only thrown three interceptions all year coming in the game. Threw two interceptions in the first quarter, deep in his own territory, 14 nothing right out of the gate, Texas Tech. After that, Oklahoma was clearly the superior team. Brad, you lean Oklahoma. Why don't you like it? I don't like it because of that defense uh, of Oklahoma. So Uh, you can't find any scenario to bet Oklahoma? To bet Oklahoma. No, I'm not saying in this game, but like you could say we could get a drop of you saying Oklahoma defense is no good and just skip that game every week. No, 
All right, so explain it to me. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a big rivalry game. It means a lot uh, to, to both schools here. And I'm just not, me personally, I'm not built to be laying 18 points in these big rivalry games, especially with an Oklahoma team that, to me, if you can't cover two touchdowns on the road against Texas Tech, uh, I mean, are, can you really trust them to laying a bigger number at home against a rival in the desperate need of a win? No, I, I just can't. That's why it's only a lean. All right, so, Ken, you're bucking... The idea that Oklahoma's defense is bad, you like the under in this game. And I do like the under. Now, remember last week, and I burned Brad on this because I had the over in the Texas Tech-Oklahoma game, which was 77 and a half when we bet it. And so I was benefited by those two interceptions by Texas Tech early for them to get the 14-point lead. It was very important for the home team to have that crowd behind them to get into the game and know they put up a double-digit lead on Oklahoma because you felt... Going into the game, Oklahoma is going to score. They're going to get theirs. So, therefore, it was beneficial to me. Now, I look at Oklahoma State and their quarterback, Taylor Cornelius, does not have the the moxie, the speed, the get out of uh, the pocket like a Mahomes type. He's rather slow and sluggish. He throws the ball nice, and I think Okie State is dangerous enough to cover the 18. So, I respect where Brad's not going with Oklahoma on the side. But I don't think Okie State is good enough to trade offensive bullets with Oklahoma the way Texas Tech did last Last week, even though Texas Tech was handed those first two drives deep in Oklahoma territory. So I like the under 77 and a half in this game. I think Oklahoma will get their 43-45. I think Okie State probably in the low 20s. So Brad, uh, for any new listeners, each of us have a green button. It's green. It has a dollar sign on it. And it makes a cha-ching sound. If a pro bets or likes, gives a pick, he better be ready to bet it. If you say it, you better be ready to bet it. You can press a button and say, hey, that defense is bad, going over. No, no bet for me. Why? Because I just, I mean, that defense gave up 500 yards last week. And here's so, the. So, bet, here, here, but what I'm saying is, Ken likes the under. Mm. Bet the over. 77 and a half. Remember, you're Oki oh, State. You I'm to just talk trying to. Him, no, you're I don't. I, 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 out of it? I, listen, I talked him into it last week. I beat him last week. Yeah, I know. Ah. He's talked me into two. He's beat me. <laughs> yes. Both on Oklahoma games yes. where I bet the under and he bet the over. Unbelievable. No, and, I'm not. And RJ, no. You, RJ, you're more than welcome to. You got your big boy. <laughs> That's the difference <laughs> between ah, me RJ. and. I mean, Ken's leading tell now, RJ not that, me. Tell Forget RJ it. he's got his own green button over there. Hey, I, I'm no expert. I know, but you're, you're going to get involved. I'm going to get Ken listen, later in the show. The fact that I'm <laughs> even in the game here, the, the, it just shows how much trust I have in my native intelligence. Is I just figure I can read the twitches of the eyes. And the fact he's using that, his hold them strategy. I mean, yeah, it's all I can do here. I don't even know like who the, the best wide receiver on these teams are. And it's pathetic that I'm actually about break even. So I wouldn't be like challenging me too much here, Ken, or you could get invited to the NFL pod. I, I might just have to do that. <laughs> By the way, Brad will be there tomorrow. Mm. You still taking the one Oh five or you, have, no, well, have well, you ever watched the well, color of money? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Remember, Paul Newman? remember he's shooting, I think Grady, but I can't remember. And he's supposed to dump. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he, you know, he, he gets his, uh, you know, this is Tom Cruise, gets his ire up, right? And he says, hey, Grady. And I'm not sure that's anything. Was he? Hey, Grady. He goes, shove the rat. Because he was getting the break. Like that way he came in and said, oh, I need you to give me a bunch of edges. And like one of the edges was he would get the break every time, right? And at one point he goes, hey, Grady. Stick the break up your ass. So if you want, tomorrow, I'll let you say it, which will be fun. 
You could say, hey, Vig, hey, Fez, hey, RJ, stick the 105 up your ass. Yeah, I'll say that. You're going to? Yeah. <laughs> you don't seem very confident. No, I will. I'm fine with it. He's more confident as Haystack. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Haystack? <laughs> you know something? <laughs> I think I just, I mean, it's just, I just baited you to give us the 105 back. It wasn't even hard. That I haven't needed it. I mean, who? Oh, I, we look at the standings. Nice. Who's up more than anybody in the NFL pot? I've only been on three shows. This is going to be awesome. All right. This is going to be awesome. You're going to have to be laying numbers. It's twice as sweet as money here. <laughs> Next game. By the way, zero bets so far. Zero. I'm not saying anyone's wrong. Oh, look. It's crossfire time. Washington State, Colorado, Washington State on the road, favored by six. Can you start? Yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado in this game, and uh, my sources are letting me know that there's a good chance that Chenault, the all-everything receiver for not only Colorado, for Pac-12 itself, probably going to give it a go this game. Now, Katie Nixon and Jay McIntyre also got banged up in the loss to Arizona. If you'll remember, Friday night it was on Arizona. But I watched the game back, and even though Arizona outgained them by 170-plus yards, Colorado made some stupid mistakes. Steven Montez, who should be a veteran leader at this time from the quarterback position, threw two terrible passes that he didn't need to throw. One was picked off in the end zone near the end of the game, and that cost Colorado a chance to cover. I was very fortunate that I ended up covering. So they win it by eight, Arizona does, but very deceiving score there. Colorado's defense has not been good, but Wazoo's offense looked putrid at home against Cal. Now, I understand, you know, I watched the game and there was some rain sprinkling on and off. They just didn't have anything going. Very flat performance, was not impressed. It was a big stage game. Everybody was looking at this team that moved up to number eight in the poll. How good is this Pac-12? Will they get somebody in? I wouldn't take that team in the playoff for nothing, man. I mean, look, I like Leach. He's a good guy. He's entertaining. But this offense, to me, showed that they're well behind everybody in the top 10, and uh, they shouldn't even be a top 10 team. So I like Colorado to win this game outright at home in Boulder in the altitude. Do you ever have a dog less than seven that you don't think is going to win outright? No. No, I, I won't bet it. I mean, when I hear people, that's funny you said that. There's a guy uh, on Fox, the guy that was wearing the crown this week because uh, he won it, but he said, I'm going to take Dallas because I, or Tennessee, he says, I think Dallas will win the game by three. So I'll take the points. And I'm like, why would you take five if you think the other team's going to win by three? In other words, you're giving yourself a two point window. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm always looking to win a game by a touchdown more than the spread. Mm. And and listen, there's two sides of that. Let's be clear. Ultimately, let's be candid here. The line right now is six, Washington State. You like Colorado. Colorado, right. What do you think the line should be that would split the result 50-50? Meaning if these teams played in a simulation a million times, at this line, Washington State would cover half, Colorado would cover half. I'd, I'd say four and a half. So, in a w- that's exactly right. That's a, I think that's a great answer. Meaning, unless you love a game, and occasionally you love a game, you think the line is a point and a half off, two points off. Now, key numbers, right? If a line's three and a half and you think it should be two and a half, you're taking the dog with one, right? Now, 
So really, in a weird way, you're saying you think they're going to win, but you also think half the time they're going to cover four and a half and half the time they're not. So I think you look at it optimistically and you're thinking, hey, if everything goes right, they can win the game. But you wouldn't bet. If you had, I know you wouldn't bet it because you could walk down the street and, and, and do it with a money line. But if like it was the last bet on earth, you wouldn't bet Colorado at even money. No. Right. So you don't expect them to win. You think they could win, but you right. don't. So in a way, I kind of. There's, there's too many question marks. Again, right. Chanel coming back, yeah. but how how effective will it he be? It does seem weird. You're right to say, oh, the line's five. I think it only should be three. Best bet on the dog. But that's really, we're all just trying to gather those half points. And sometimes we're going to win by 20. Sometimes we're going to lose by 20. But occasionally, the game's going to fall, in that case, four or five. And that's the difference between a drunk baby flipping coins and a guy with a mansion and a yacht. Excellent. Brad Powers. I'm on the other side. I like Colorado. Our, there yeah. you go. Freudian slip there. Good yeah. Actually, Washington State. <laughs> no, is that you saying that like you're worried? No, not at all. Washington State. Because I want to fade against Colorado. And, and let's talk about this Colorado team. Started off the season 5-0. and Everyone's hooting and hollering. Hey, the team that won went to the Pac-12 title game two years ago. That's the team that's back in Colorado this season. No, Colorado played the weakest schedule of any Power 5 team to start the season. So what happened? Well, you know, Colorado started playing some opponents. What happened, KT, their last four games? What, what, what has Colorado done? They've lost. I, I've been All four, on. yeah. And particularly what's been troubling. But don't for, you think that's in the line? Yeah, it's in the line. But here's what they've really struggled. You know, defensively, first five games, gave up five touchdown passes. Not in a game, five games. So Colorado's thought to have an elite pass defense. Last four games, 15 touchdown passes is what's Colorado allowed. Who's the best passing team in the country? Washington State. They're certainly top five. Are they? Yeah, well, they are. I you mean, watch the talk- Cal game. I watch. Cal's got one of the better defenses. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Uh, Cal's defense is right up there with Washington, best in the Pac 12. So I understood why Washington State struggled. Colorado is nowhere near as good as California is on the defense side of the ball. I'll take Washington State laying under a touchdown against a still very overrated Colorado team that still hasn't recovered from blowing a 28-point lead two weeks ago to Oregon State. You get one rebuttal, one comment. Don't repeat what you said. One comment he made rebuttal. I'm just going. Well, I'm just going with the altitude thing, and I I just think that's going to come into play. And I I, altitude Pullman might be higher than Boulder. I was not impressed at all. Go ahead. You can look on that. Hurry up and and do your uh, your altitude check. But I was I just was not impressed with Wazoo. They never had an answer. They end up winning the game. I'll give them credit. They end up winning the game. But they never had a chance to cover that game against Cal. And when you're sky high and you're playing at home and the whole country is watching you now because you busted into the top eight and you lay an egg like that, it feels like they lost. Does it not? I mean, for the conference, Pac-12, who's not going to get an entrant again for the second straight year, they don't even have a prayer because Washington State was their only hope. And that but, was but a Ken, flat performance. Let me ask you this question. Go ahead. If Washington State would have lost the game mm-hmm. and the line were exactly the same. I'd love it more. You, you because think, the bubble burst because, would be huge. Okay. That's my point. So if anything, we're saying, hey, it'd be perfect if Washington State never laid an egg. The fact that he played a poor, you know a relatively poor game but still won is more advantageous for sure. Washington State. There's no right? question. No question. Because to me, you could say, woo, we had our bad one. Let's make, But we're still in this thing. Let's make sure... 
we don't do that again. Right. And But the thing is that McIntyre is under pressure now because all of a sudden the same thing that happened last year is happening again to where the team got off to a good start, but they're floundering now. He's going home. He has a chance to right in the ship. He needs to do it. He cannot fall to 500. Last comment, Brad Powers. No need, but I will say <laughs> Colorado does have higher elevation, although... You know, even though it's a couple thousand feet higher, I mean, Washington State's in the top 10 as far as elevation goes in college football. That won't be a factor. I didn't have to look at my computer. Here's (laughs) Do you have a computer, Ken? I sure. I I have several. (laughs) What year were that? What's the most, what's the newest computer you have? Because I don't know. I've never seen your computer, but I'm guessing you're the type of dude that has like a, like a computer from like 1998 that you don't use all the time. Well, and I then, and then the new ones from after, 2007. After I dial in and get online, <laughs> <laughs> and last thing I'll say, you've got <laughs> mail. <laughs> but yeah, the last thing I would say is this: is when you say altitude check, I could see like a movie with a couple of stoners, and it's like instead of saying you know you really stoned, it's like altitude check. <laughs> 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 Georgia, Auburn. Georgia favored by 14. Oh, look, the lean boys got leans. Let's start with Ken. Georgia made me a lot of money last week. That was a great win against Kentucky, man. But here's the thing. I mean, welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yeah, I got to drop that in there. But, you know, Auburn, they got outgained 421 to 278. But they had an advantage in the old turnover department, two to nothing. And that's why they were able to knock off Texas A&M. But this is a team that, you know, as they're trying to save Gus Malzahn's job, I believe. And so going in between the hedges and hanging in there with Georgia, you know, they're going to give it a go. Look, Georgia, they got over that big hurdle winning in Kentucky. That's a big game because this is the best Kentucky team we've seen for years. And that was a tough one to go in there to Lexington and kind of silence that crowd and then hold on. So I think, uh, you know, Georgia's good enough to blow them out, but I could see Auburn hanging in there. I think it's going to be right around there where the back door may be open. You know, I actually got some theme song when people want to brag. All right. So let's try this out. Let's hear it. Ken, tell us about that uh, Kentucky game. How did it go that was a great game, that Kentucky game, because Fromm and company got off to a great start, and they realized, you know what? Our running game's pretty good. We don't have to throw the football. Let's hand off to DeAndre Swift. He'll take off, put up over 180 yards, whatever he did, three touchdowns. And, boy, I'll tell you, Mark Stoops fooled us for a little bit, but not last week. And you won? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, bro? That's not bad. A little peppy. 80s. <laughs> a little 80s, like, late 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, like, the, uh, you know, the hero decides he's not going to let that thing that's holding him back, let him back. Go ahead, Brad. Georgia. Yeah, I lean with Georgia here, too. Uh, And to me, you mentioned it. Auburn, phony final last week. That should have been a 10-point loss. We're getting beat Auburn five minutes left by 10. Had no hope until that turnover late. And it's a team that, more importantly, got dominated at the line of scrimmage. Auburn getting outrushed by 200 yards. And that's going to be a key disadvantage here. Georgia, what have they done? They've outmuscled Kentucky last week, outrushed the Wildcats by, what, 250, 300 yards almost. A Kentucky team that's built on that, stopping the run and getting Benny Snell going on the offensive side of the ball. And I get it. There's questions now. Georgia's got everything locked up as far as the SEC East. They're going Atlanta. But they still had the playoffs. They can't lose another game. They have to be impressive, Georgia, I'm speaking of. And Georgia, all eight wins this year, all by 14 points or more. Give me the Bulldogs, minus 14. Lean. RJ, real quick, because the most surprising stat, if you looked at it at the end of Kentucky, Georgia, Kentucky, 
zero sacks. Georgia had four. Going into the game, Georgia only had 10 as a team, and they had given up 13, four, zero in that department. Pretty impressive. So with Kentucky, our premise was, hey, if they're competitive, they have a chance to win, defense, close game. They get behind, they're going to struggle. Is that what you saw? Absolutely. And the moment seemed like it was too big for Kentucky. They had players that were putting their hands on officials, getting ejected. I mean, just penalties. Again, when you have a very emotional team. Exactly. If it's going right, you know, I think the Steelers are a good analogy. I'm not saying Kentucky's relatively as good against the SEC as Pittsburgh in the NFL, but I think it's that the momentum, the emotion can be good or bad. Yep. And what happened? It's, you know, Kentucky down 28-3 early in the third quarter. All hope lost at that point. That's Brad Powers. I'm RJ Bell. Ken Thompson. Penn State, Wisconsin. Penn State favored by eight at home. Ken likes Penn State. Yeah, I like Penn State a lot in this game. I know they got embarrassed by Michigan at the big house. We were, I think we were all on Michigan and watched that line go up from 10 to 13 plus. And... Uh, yeah, there it is, baby. Give me a little Trace McSorley music. Because McSorley's going to get the start. But Tommy Stevens is ready to go, and he got a lot of experience last week in that 42-7 blowout loss at the big house. But Penn State's going to bounce back. They have too much offense, and McSorley's going to make some plays. Wisconsin, to me, they're going to rely on J.J. Taylor. I mean, this guy's their everything. I mean, he's going to rush for 100-some-odd yards. They're going to go with Jack Cohn, though, at quarterback, who didn't do badly last week, 5-7 of seven for 64 yards and a touchdown, replacing Hornybrook, who looks like for sure he's going to miss this game. I think it's a big loss for Wisconsin. I think they're going into Happy Valley. Penn State, McSorley's a senior, wants to salvage the season. Hey, guys, let's get it together. Let's make a run and try and get a decent bowl game. I think Penn State definitely wins this game by double digits. To me, this is the classic... And and this sounds absurd, but if you go into a, a good database in the NFL, for example, and say, show me all teams that's lost by 30 points or more last week, you're going to find back in that team the next week is 52, 53, 54, somewhere between barely beating the VIG or just beat, you know, or beating the VIG by a little, like usually. Now, now if it's lower sample sizes, you'll see a bigger range, but if it's a couple hundred games, so it's like, wow, you want to always bet or, or bet those teams or pass, usually. If you say, show me a team that's lost four in a row straight up and four in a row against the spread, same thing. It's like every time you could just see Freddie Fanny Pack saying, oh, I don't want to bet that team, then that's the time to bet them. It feels like to me Penn State is that team right now. They came in with high expectations. We all know, listen, let's say there's a girl – that and Brad, you're single. So let's say there's a girl you meet and you think, you know, it's not going to be love. I, I don't think we're going to get married, but I think we could have a, some fun. If somehow she turns out to be the worst person you ever met, you're going to be disappointed. But how much more disappointed than if you meet a girl and you think this could be the one and they turn out to be disappointing, mm. right? It's all expectation fuels disappointment. Penn State had big expectation. Yep. I remember on one of our shows, we were talking about, you know, Colin was talking. In fact, when we did the preview with Colin Cowherd. He loved Penn State. He was like, could they win the Big Ten? You know, like thinking, what was it, six to one or something? So I feel like you've got a team where if you've been batting them, you've lost. If you're a fan, you're, you know, everyone's disappointed. Who isn't? That's when I want to bet. 
them, on them. Here's my question, Ken, and I'll get the same question to you, Brad. Are they, is the coach good enough? Is the injury situation fine enough where you're going to get their best effort? Because it's the same thing with a batter. If a batter loses seven in a row and a blackjack table loses seven in a row, how stupid does it sound to say, oh man, I'd rather, I don't want to be the house on that eighth hand on that blackjack table. That's idiotic. Unless they're counting cards or there's some other illegality, or I won't say counting cards is illegal, something else that's changing the odds, like cheating or whatever. You want to be on that, the house side, the eighth time, just as much as every time before. But with a handicapper, if he starts questioning himself, oh, I usually would play the dog here, but I'm not seeing it so clearly. That's when a losing streak would cause you to get off him and a winning streak to get on. People will say, the green eye shade guys that think they're really smart will say, does it, if you win seven in a row, your eighth game is, uh, what's your lifetime record? 52.9. Well, then it's 52.9. No, there's a human element. There's a human element to Penn State. If I knew they were playing as hard and as with as much focus as if they were undefeated, I would love them here. What do you think? What's the effort level on Penn State? I think it's let's salvage the season. And not only that, Sagapolo, the nose tackle, is out again for Wisconsin. That's a major loss. No, no, for them. I get that, but okay. that's all building. No, I, I think what, you're going to get their what's best going effort. going on with Penn all right, Brad, what do you Yeah, I disagree. I don't know. I, I got to question it because, I mean, they had some high expectations and still had some, even slightly going in the Michigan game. What happened, particularly in the second half? They had everything taken away from them. They had their manhood taken away from them in the That's second a half. Strong, well, I mean, did you watch it? It was men against boys. Are you kidding me? And I got a question. McSorley, yeah, he's their rallying cry. But how healthy is Trace McSorley? He looked like 60% at the end of the game. In fact, they bent, they pulled him, threw, threw in the back. If he threw a quick interception, they had to put McSorley right back in there. I question how healthy the quarterback is. So if my emotional leader is not 100% healthy, I can't back Penn State here, especially laying more than a touchdown. Even though they're missing their quarterback, they're missing they're one of their best defensive players. I mean, this is a team that you know struggled with B, lose to BYU and Madison. I mean, this is a team that struggles to score. They're one mm. dimensional. They run JJ. To they run. They they're one dimensional. They run JJ Taylor. That's it. What else do they do? So struggles to score. Penn State's got a quarterback that's mobile, not very mobile right now. Hmm, might be a reason, couple of reasons why I like the under in this game more than anything. All right, so finish that handicap. Yeah, and it, well, that's pretty much it. I got a Wisconsin team with a backup quarterback I, on the yeah, road, that's big game. To be in. It, is it always because I, I think here's what if anything, people overreact to backup quarterbacks because they don't know. The not name. necessarily in this case because Wisconsin starting quarterback Alex Hornibrook is much maligned in the market. Everyone thinks he sucks. In fact, when uh, you know the first game two weeks ago that Alex Hornibrook missed, Jack Cohn started, and I put, oh, the, the lines moved a little bit because Alex Hornibrook's out. And what was the response on Twitter? What did did it go in favor of Wisconsin? Alex Hornibrook sucks. The line should go up. That's the public narrative of Wisconsin starting quarterback. Yeah, so if there's like a compact competition, then there might be a contingent out there that says, "Oh, this guy's even better." But in general, the public overreacts to losing a starting quarterback. Yes, more often than not. And but- when they lost thirty-one seventeen to Northwestern, you came back the next week and said, "Oh, I found out Hornibrook's pretty good." I mean, compared to Cone. Yeah, and another reason why I like the under in this one, because they're going to be Wisconsin. Right. you got a young quarterback on the road, conservative. i got the nation's leading rusher. And what does Penn State at least do well? They play defense, particularly at home, much better than they do away from the road. That's why I like the under. The boys are surly. That's Brad Powers. Ken Thompson. 
Yo, homeboy. Welcome to the hood, brother. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. One bet in, which was the crossfire. We got another crossfire coming up and three best bets, including from Dave Esler. I don't think we've had any Dave Esler sound, have we, that we missed? Let me take a gander. You might hear the pavers. All right. No, 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 no. All right, we're good. All right, next game. Oh, Alabama. So, Brad, we did this on Straight Out of Vegas. Listen, guys, we can't repeat everything on all shows. If you want to hear it all, you got to listen. Straight Out of Vegas, 6 to 7 Eastern Time, 200 stations on Fox Sports Radio, coast to coast, live, 6 to 7 Eastern, 3 to 4 Pacific. You can get it on podcast. Just go up, search RJ Bell. You'll see the dream preview. Subscribe. You'll see Straight Out of Vegas. Subscribe. Only 40 minutes a day. It's pure adrenaline, pure action. Also, just this week, and I guess it started late last week. I can't remember. Yeah, late last week, we're on Sirius. Sirius, I think it's 217. If I'm 217 or 214, it's the play-by-play. It's the same one Gottlieb's on, Clay Travis is on, because when FS1 has a show, so I know a lot. Listen, here's the reality. I don't know if it's half or less, but mo, you know, a lot of people that have series don't even get above the 200. So luckily that's just one of many outlets that, you know, we have, but if you do, if you're one of those few that have serious in the 200s, check us out. We're in that 214 or 217. I'll get that straight. Actually, Hey, producers in there at any point when I'm saying, Hey, I'm not sure about something. Maybe look it up. We'll see if Sleepy or uh, or Mackie can figure out which of the two two hundreds on Sirius are the we're on. It's the play by play one. It's either fourteen or seventeen. They're like talking about lunch tomorrow, or so, I don't know what they were talking about in there. All right, now on straight out of Vegas, just how good Alabama is. So Brad, let's start here. Alabama has the highest power rating of anyone. Since you've been doing this and you've been doing it 10 plus years, 10 plus seasons, going back to when I was working with Phil Steele, no one ever, other than Alabama right now, has ever been high, power rated higher than when well, I have well, the Crimson Tide. So you're saying another Alabama team's been this high? No, 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 okay. no team. So when you say no one other than Alabama, you're comparing uh, it to <laughs> Alabama. Yes, true. <laughs> Ric Flair is the champion of the world, yeah. and no other person other than Ric Flair is the champion. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so Alabama, best of 10 years. Yep. <laughs> Let's run down the main competition and your power ratings and give us what you would make the spread against the teams with the best chance to beat Bama. Yeah, Alabama over Clemson. Clemson clearly the number two team. Alabama being eight and a half point favorite. So you- quick reaction, Ken. Right number, too short, too long. Just gut feeling. I would take Clemson plus eight and a half. So you, can- you think it should be like seven, seven and a half? Seven and a half. All right, so lean there. But, but I like it. I like it over a touchdown. I like Clemson because I think they're that good. You can bet that exact line right now in Vegas. Yes, What's the can. line, seven and a half? It's eight and a half. Okay. So you're not just copying the Vegas. No, I'm not. I gave it so I gave you right around nine sure, on Saturday sure. night. They're probably copying. No, I'm <laughs> All right. So, and this is up where? Uh, Westgate, you can bet that. All right. Next team. Uh, Michigan, number three team in my power ranks. I'd have Alabama a 13-point favorite. Let me talk about Michigan for a second, because I've gotten, you know, one of the nice things about Straight Out of Vegas, we're on some undetermined channel 
on Sirius. One day we'll figure it out. But also, we got picked up on three top 20 markets in the first six weeks, right? Detroit was one of them. Like you think RJ is going to try to placate Detroit people. No, no. Harbaugh smells. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach, but, you know, come on. But I got maybe six or seven people hounding me on Twitter saying, because I did, I was pretty strong when they lost another Dame. I said, Harbaugh's getting way overpaid. He he should, until he catches, he's made a lot of money up to this point, whatever, like 18 million in three years or whatever. Is this the third year or the fourth? fourth year? Jesus. So he's like past 20 mil. I'm like, maybe he's been paid enough. Let's wait till he wins something big. And now I'm getting people saying, you got to apologize. Apologize. It's like, wait a minute. Let me ask a question here. If Michigan loses to Ohio State mm. and they're not going to make the, t- the the playoffs, even if they go and play, you know, some other bowl, I mean, what, what bowl would they make? It doesn't that matter. That's almost what I think. But yep. let's say they win that game. Are we really going to look at this as a success? Now, if this was a down year, Meaning, well, how, what did Ohio State do, right? They had two losses in the regular season last year. They were borderline playoff team, didn't make it. If they lose to Ohio State, I'll bet against them in the bowl game with all my money. So my point is, if Michigan wins against Ohio State, especially in Columbus, doesn't matter if they lose the first round of the playoffs. I would say so Harbaugh's taking a step. Yes. Let's give him some credit. Yeah. Now, I think it buys him a little time, but you better have a national title in the first Six years, mm. or we're going to have this. You don't think Michigan's never been about winning titles, Big Ten titles, not national titles? <laughs> Is that what they tell you? That's what we, they have been as a you, program. I guess when you a half a title since 1948. I guess when you never win, it's hard to care. That's too what much I'm about saying. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just ask Brad one thing because we've speculated a lot on that Notre Dame Michigan game. If that can come back to change things, if Notre Dame does run the table. And Michigan does get in as a one-loss team, and that only lost to Notre Dame. And they meet in the Final Four. Who are you on? Michigan. What's the line, right? If they played right now in a neutral. Ooh, Michigan's probably a six-point favorite. Wow. Well, And Notre Dame was a four-point favorite at home. No, Michigan was a three-point road favorite in week oh, one. We, oh, Notre Dame opened seven or something? Yeah. And then it got bad, down, down, down. Oh, oh, wait. Do you want to... Wait a minute. No, no, no. We, we're not bringing that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I mean, you only talked about that like 17 or 18 times. Yeah, but I lost. That's enough? By a point. <laughs> Grr. Grr. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So, so here, for all the haters, or let's just call them uh, discerning Twitter people i don't feel like harbaugh's done anything yet that obviously he's put himself in position yep right that's great but beat ohio state or shut the f up and right my advice right now michigan's favored by three and a half at ohio state you can bet this in multiple books so the line was two and a half ohio state so last week was that big of a change i don't agree with it i would bet ohio state getting three and a half at home so you think the line should be around pick them yeah, close to it. It's tough. I mean, Michigan hasn't won in Columbus since 2000. Are you kidding me? You can't trust them laying more on a field goal. Mm. Yeah, I'll bet that. All right. Now, Michigan, let's just go through a few more teams against Bama. And let's go quick on these. Yeah, uh, slightly. Uh, Michigan's I have higher than Georgia. Alabama, a 13.5 point favorite over Georgia on a neutral. Then Oklahoma's next. Alabama, a 16.5 point favorite. 
Then RJ's Buckeyes, Alabama, a 19-point favorite. And then finally, we get to Notre Dame. I'd have Alabama, a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Neutral field over the Fighting Irish. Anything jump out at you, Ken? No, the George is tempting. If it's 14, I'd probably look at Georgia because they're not intimidated by Alabama. That's a good point. Mm. And we'll probably see it, right? And yep. it's going to have the home field in theory, or at least some home field for Georgia, right? Yeah, about a point maybe. Georgia Dome? Trust me, Alabama fans, they buy those seats as early as they go on sale because they know they're there every year. Yeah, it's just, the, you know, a little less travel. Mm. Half point, point. Last one, Central Florida. Oh, wow. You know, Alabama. Because the interesting question, and I yeah. don't even know, like, what the answer to this would be, but you got to wonder if only Hey Stack Hank were here, what would he think of Central Florida? Because on one hand, they're not pedigreed. On the other hand, they haven't lost for a while. Oh, wait, he is here. Are you kidding me? Central Florida, 21 straight wins. Still, though, uh, there's three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and roll damn tide. I'd take Crimson Tide laying at least five, six touchdowns over Central Florida. Are you kidding me? Them Central Florida boys, they don't know what they, they don't know what hit them after that game. <laughs> See, I didn't know where Haystack was going. Roll Tide. <laughs> you know what's wild? And you just saw it, Ken. He has like a boom box from the 80s and the overhauls. And he comes in with his own theme music. Like he doesn't trust that we would play it. So he walks in with <laughs> with the music in that 80s boom yeah. box. He's been pretty good, man. What was this game last week? Do you remember? Ooh. You know, the funny thing is, I don't think he's lost a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to look. All right. I'll ask him. We have dinner every now and then. <laughs> Feeding trough out yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> I'm guessing it's like at the McDonald's. Like he probably shows yeah. it. He, listen, he appreciates city living. Yeah. It's just not in his heart. Classy place. Every now and then the Ponderosa. <laughs> Alabama, what we know is Mississippi State's not one of these teams. Alabama favored by 25. Ken. Here's the thing, man. With that defense, they just suffocate you. And so what looked to be a game where we're watching LSU just, all right, LSU, great job defense. Way to hang in there. Way to hang in there. But if you can't score, you can't win. And Alabama will just keep just grinding it out. And all of a sudden, 29 nothing. you look back, only 196 total yards for LSU. If LSU can't move the ball. Mississippi State's not going to move the ball. They couldn't move the ball in LSU. So uh, I like Fitzgerald. He's a good quarterback. But this is going to be a shutout. Or if Mississippi State gets more than seven, I'll be surprised. This, I got, this has 45-3 written all over it. Okay, so why not like it? Mm. Well, here's the thing. With Alabama... They're good enough. You know, they know how good they are. They know everybody knows how good they are. They may put some second, third stringers in there by the third quarter. I mean, they just may, and they may be okay winning by 23 and not even worrying about it. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Brad, let's talk. Give me your handicap on the game. Then we'll talk the dispute over the first half. Yeah, I lean on Alabama here. And it is a more of a play against Mississippi State's offense. Jekyll and Hyde. One game, they're average, you know, they put up 45, 50 points against my best bet, unfortunately, last week. But against legit defenses so this your year. Your best bet on the Dream Preview? Yeah. Ugh. So what was your record on that? 
Uh, eight straight winners until last week. I got cute and took a big Somehow dog. you went eight straight and you never told anyone. So I tried to keep it under the radar. No, you don't, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. If you genuinely did, <laughs> it'd be okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, hold on a sec. Oh, go ahead. Finish your handicap. Yeah, I mean, but Mississippi State against legit defenses this year. Seven points against Kentucky. Six against Florida. Three on LSU. How are they, like Ken said, how are they going to get more than seven against Alabama's defense? Don't see it. Lean Crimson Tide. So give it, give us your best bets one more time. How how the run went? Uh, eight straight winners coming into last week, and then got cute like a lot of people pointed out on Twitter. Took a big dog, went down in flames. Ooh, oh, not pretty. You know that's funny. I mean, I never really push back against the Twitter people. I mean, if it's someone that's got any standing in the business, I have to smack them down. You know, they call it more. There's a concept in finance, moral hazard. If you let someone do something they know is wrong and they don't get punished, it's a hazard. They're going to feel like they can do it again. So I like to make it where like for a couple of weeks, they feel a little like discombobulated because I crack back so hard. So I'll do that occasionally as necessary. But otherwise, if it's, you know, a civilian, you've got a right. You can say what you want. I'm going to ignore it. I won't read it, but you can say it into the ether. But someone said, now listen, it's a good tease for the dream preview tomorrow. By the way, we're taping on Tuesday, Wednesday. It's always college football out, crack of dawn, Thursday, NFL's out. We, it was like Houdini. We had the Bills last week and we had the Skins. Like so far away from those games, we thought we were in first. (laughs) To quote Junior Soprano, via Mike Lombardi this week on his pod is, but somehow we won three games. So we've gone nine weeks, zero losing weeks in the gold. Like literally how many? Zero point zero. And we're now 66% for the season. We'll see how we fall in the standings, but my goal is to hit, if we can hit 68% this year, I'll let the chips fall where they may. Our guess is 63 is going to win it. Like, what's the over-under full season with 125? Again, if you're putting out 5K, it's going to be some of the sharper pickers, mm-hmm. right? Because it's 700,000. I don't care if you're a syndicate. 700,000 is worth it, right? If you think you have an edge. I think over-under 63.5%. So, to me, if we can if we can get to 68, we got a little margin. But this guy said, you're the, I mean, it was like almost ironic. It's like, you're the worst picker ever. Anyone that picks the bills doesn't know what they're talking about. And I said, I just replied back very deadpan. I said, do you know how absurd you sound? that We've given you five picks a week for free. And we're 66% this year. And you're complaining about a game we lost. So listen, you're going to, so you won, you won, wait, you won, how many in a row? Eight in a row. Quiet, quiet on Twitter for those eight weeks. But boy, when you lose, it gets noisy <laughs> on what, social media. But what was the response? Oh, it wasn't pretty. I mean, Can like, you what? believe Brad's best bet on the Dream Podcast? Ooh, it's only losing by 40 points. Well, he wouldn't even have cashed it if they were a plus 42. Forget plus 23. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. RJ gave me a break uh, a couple weeks back and... and 
did all this stuff, discounting my uh, my season packages, all that stuff, and I end up going zero and three right after he gives that. Now all coin flip now, games, but I go zero and three. Now how'd you do last week? Well, since since then, <laughs> turned it around one uh, nine point seven units over the weekend and got it back up there to where those people are now three point nine units ahead that started. Love it. Back when they, so I'm liking it, this. You know, but it, it, it is what it is. Look, we we put. I I know for I know for fact the way Brad is because Brad's been doing my Friday show for a long time and i know how much effort he puts yeah, and he into tells it. me they're long segments oh yeah well it is i mean oh, he's well paid i mean it's <laughs> and he, t- he only takes cash now not even not even not even a check anymore well listen we know one thing about brad Ferrari and Jaguar switching four lanes on top down screaming out money ain't a thing Bubble hard in the double law flashing the rings with the window crack holla back money ain't a thing Jigga I don't like it if it don't gleam clean Right bro? Little bit <laughs> Season's not over yet <laughs> Alright so let's talk about Fazek He's not here so we can be unencumbered Tell the story so the bet here's the simple part Oh my god The bet was what would the line open first half LSU Bama? Now, the famous story entering last week was if you bet Bama in the first half versus second half. Yeah, you'd be fifteen and one against the spread. Eight and zero on Alabama in the so first half. Lead, lead with the the scenario, not the spread or yeah. not the result. Okay, if you generally bet Alabama in the first half every game, you'd be eight and zero. But then go against Alabama in the second half. You'd have been fifteen and one entering last week's game. Another cover in the first half for Alabama, nine and zero. But all right, so we estimated yep. that based upon the line at the time, and we were taping on Tuesday, is that the line, if there were no external factors, in the first half would open eight. Yep. We said, okay, let's bet that it's above eight. That's what I thought. Because why? Two factors. One. Every bookmaker and every little local show here in Vegas was talking. They're getting killed on the first half. When bookmakers start talking about losing is when they're going to make it hard to win doing the same thing, right? Because they're telling you, you know, we know, right? So you're going to pay. Number two, LSU had one of their key defenders suspended for the first half. Their best defensive player, the quarterback of the defense, Devin White. So you're thinking that might be enough to give it to half, but that comment, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a game there was more, let's say, quasi-sharp, where people that's kind of in the know, but they're not necessarily professionals, would be thinking Bama first half, right? Yep, absolutely. So by some happenstance, and this is where the dispute is, Fezzik says, well, I think we should make bookmaker... Dot EU, which is a very big book offshore. That should be the deciding fact, you know, that, that wherever they open. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, all right. But, <laughs> but then somehow, and Brad, you can tell me about this. Somehow he was saying, you overheard him on the phone or we don't have to get too much. He's saying something about he knows something. Yeah. Like, like what? I was overhearing him. We were walking out to the parking lot and he's saying that he knew someone. Somewhere and then, in faraway so, places. So, so here's the question. What did the line open up, let's just say in general, if we look at the market as a whole? Eight and a half. Pretty much everywhere. 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 Except. Bookmaker. Open. Seven and a half. <laughs> now that seems mm-hmm. curious to me. It doesn't does. it? Yes, absolutely. And it closed nine pretty much everywhere. Bookmaker, yeah. seven and a half. It's, it's just weird. 
On a first half, yeah, line, a point and a half. Mm. So here's have the you thing. seen Fezzik's portfolio with all those bookmaker little? He's got all the stock there in bookmaker and Chris. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of their biggest stockholders. <laughs> now that's not true. Now, um, <laughs> I got a theme song for Fezzik. So I want what I want to do is you be Fezzik, Brad. Okay, and this is a theme song where. I'm not going to like, like Haystack, he's got his theme where it's not when he's announced and he'll then that come in like a pro wrestler. This is going to be when Fezzik's being Fezzik. You know, that saying, you know, the art, you know, they'll say on the street, it's like, oh, that's just Avon being Avon, right? Well, when Fezzik's being Fezzik, it usually going to involve some bragging, trying to act like he's not bragging, but really bragging. I want you to be Fezzik and let me say, and, and then I'm going to show you how this comes in because I'm going to start it low and he's going to wonder if he's hearing something right. And then when it gets to the right uh, volume, he's going to just be red faced and, but he really won't be able to stop me. That's the nice thing of being me. So uh, let's assume someone like, Someone on Twitter said, Fezzik, you were lucky winning those two super contests. When you win them twice, uh, I don't think you're so lucky. I mean, keep in mind, when comparing Rocky IV in a random 80s movie quote, I mean, was Rocky lucky that he came back and beat Drago in that one? No, he wasn't lucky. He won three straight before in the other movies. When you win two super contests, I got to tell you, RJ, here's the one thing that I know is I am the best. Only two-time winner of the super contest. That's me, Steve Fezzik, a poor man. Alec Baldwin when I look myself in the mirror. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Because <laughs> what's great is, let's just double back real quick, is it comes in low. So initially you're not, but at the point where I'm raising it, where he starts to really register, it's there. <laughs> the horns come in. Yeah. So you can't, like at that point, he either has to scream over him <laughs> or he's going to have to just stop talking, knowing he like got chagrined, right? So like, so right there, he's going to hear, but he's going to keep going. And, but then it goes up. But then he's going to be like, this ain't so bad. <laughs> I think it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> he'll try to, my bet is he'll try to talk over it. That's the thing. Half yeah. the time he will, half the time yeah. he'll shut up. And then if he shuts up, we'll put the music way up <laughs> and like let it be there like seven seconds. Or if he tries to talk over it, we'll just go up a little bit at a time till he gives up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Ken, you've got 20 minutes. We better hurry up. Next game. This is great. Physics expenses. Good stuff. If you miss, you know it's going to happen. Next game. Florida, South Carolina. Ken passes. Only a lean. Let's do this one quick. Yeah, I lean on South Carolina here, plus the six and a half. And and to me, I just can't trust Florida at this point. Bubble got burst two weeks ago for Florida in the Georgia game. I backed them last week, Florida, thinking, hey, they'll rebound. They got a confident head coach, you know, 10 years of SEC experience. They still can get to a major bowl game. That wasn't the case. Florida dumpster fire, particularly on offense, benched the starting quarterback, Felipe Franks. Meanwhile, energy level for South Carolina through the roof. They come back, rally, big road win against Ole Miss. The excitement level in Columbia far exceeds the excitement level right now in Gainesville. Give me 
the Gamecocks getting a plus six and a half here. Give us the single factor you feel strongest about in this game, Ken. Oh, here's I'm just disappointed in both teams. In that win last week, I mean, South Carolina gave up 616 yards to Ole Miss. That's scary. I mean, Ole Miss is a good offense, there's no doubt. But uh, Florida, like Brad said, what a disappointment. I mean, really, I thought they'd bounce back off that loss to Georgia and go and focus, take care of business, laying less than a touchdown at home. Didn't get it done. Next game, and we almost had a crossfire in this one. Ken's sitting on his lead. Notre Dame <laughs> favored by 17 and a half. Brad, you like the Irish. Love, hate. Yeah, and to me, it's all about one factor here, and it's the weather forecast. This is a night game. South Bend, Indiana, November. 27 degrees is the kickoff weather for this one. Are you kidding me? Florida State hasn't played in this cold of weather ever. I'll have to look it up particularly a Florida State team that already this season has been prone to get blown out, to show some quit. They come out there and it's 27 degrees. Who would you rather have? Notre Dame probably with their sleeves off, feeling pretty good. It's cold weather, no big deal. We're the Fighting Irish. Or Florida State from Florida uh, with nothing to play for, really, other than pride. I got a question, Florida State here. I like the Irish minus the points. Ken, you were almost there. What stopped you from betting? Florida State, and you still can. Green Button's live. No, I can't do it. You know why? RJ, last two games, 16 penalties in each one of those losses. How about 0-5 in the sack department in each one of those losses? So there it is. They have no sacks. They've given up 10. They've given 32 penalties, 941 yards they've given up to Clemson and NC State the last two games. That's why I can't get on them with all those points. Look, Notre Dame, they're happy going through the motions, taking care of business, winning by 15, 16 points. They don't need to worry about depth uh, as far as losing players. They may go to some second stringers if they get a nice big lead, but they know they're playing for future. They want to keep that egg right there, that that zero there as far as in the loss column. But again, they are, you know, they're happy to win by 16 points, and I think a backdoor cover could come into play, but there's too many other games on the board, so I stayed away. Let me ask you a quick question. I This is what we say about Ashler, and by the way, we've got three pieces of sound, including his best bet coming up from Dave. His following on Twitter, like he's got a a brigade. It's like, oh, I like that. Yeah, everyone has, you know, their people. Brad, not so many, but most of us have a big, you know, support system. But Astler's so under, he's almost like he has, you know, very little charisma. It's almost he has so little charisma, he has charisma, you know, like he never varies from his monotone. And people respect, like, hey, he's just giving us the fact, Joe Friday style. Right. And he's coming out here, and uh, it's going to be a green butt. Because him and, and Holt have become nemesis. Nice. Because Maddie is, like, the classic. He doesn't want to vary from the book. Because if you're a bookmaker and you're varying from one of the book, his best practices, you know, the assumptions of what's right. Maddie's straight arrow. Fez will sometimes vary. Well, Esler loves to vary. He thinks you can find value fading convention, even if it's sharp convention. So I think it's going to be a battle. And I think we maybe raise the stakes. They make it a thousand a game. Just wow. like a, this is what I've always done with poker. Get the stakes up. And, you know, but, but again, just for those two, maybe, you know, something that really lets them battle. That's going to be in a couple of weeks before, or I think the week after Thanksgiving. So soon enough. Let me, but to me, you do the same thing. You are a fan. You're a radio host that really knows batting, but you approach it almost like a coach would. Like you hear us talk to Greg Cosell on Straight Out of Vegas every Thursday at six thirty. 
Eastern. It's not that you're an X's and O's guy, but you answer questions the same way as him is, well, we got, you know, not so much where he'll say, oh, the corners are pressing, whatever he sees on the film. But you're saying what you saw watching the game and you're very results oriented. And it's great because you win, right? History says you win, Ken. But number two, you're approaching it very differently than Brad, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why you guys disagree a good bit, right? Not too much, but a good bit. Do you ever look at the results? Here's my question. Do you ever look at the results and say, yeah, they lost by 21, but here's why. Like Fezzik does it all the time. If it's in his head, a team's good. It doesn't matter what happens. He's going to find a way that the wind blew in the second quarter, et cetera. I never hear you say, yeah, this team looked horrible on Saturday, but actually they played pretty well. Do you ever, are you, are you pretty much, you don't want to fade the results or am I not remembering it? How do you deal with, how often do you think the scoreboard's deceiving? I guess is my question. Oh yeah, no, I, I will. And I, I, I think it's very important to watch the games and I do that RJ all week long games that maybe I watched. If I'm watching say seven or eight games at a time with no sound, I'll go back and I'll watch that same game with sound just to pick up some stuff from the guys that are broadcasting to see if there's something that I didn't know uh, coming in from the coach or an injury. I like to watch that stuff. So maybe what, maybe what I'm hearing is you bring up the results only when you think they're true. And oftentimes there's results that might go against your pick. You don't even bring up because you're saying those are deceiving. Thus, I'm not being affected by them. Is that a fair way to say That's fair. So maybe if you would, just for me to learn and, and our listeners next week, week after, Give me a game or two where you say, hey, the scoreboard says this, but I actually think that game was different. Because then we can kind of see both sides. Sure, no problem. So, Do you hear what I'm saying, Brad? Yep, he absolutely. usually is a results guy, yep. but it's he's self-selecting the results he thinks are meaningful, right? Yep. Whereas with us, we'll always focus on the results, but tell you when we believe them and when we don't. Yep. Okay. Um, let's think about this. You know? I've got a little new, here's a little new music. This is when I'm announcing something exciting. Let's see if it works. Coming up, we've got not only Best Bat from Brad, Best Bat from Ken, Best Bat from Asler. We also have, right after this break, the second crossfire. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, think, you know, yeah, we like wouldn't that. overdo it. Yeah, no, I like it. Probably more radio. Speaking of that, radio making money, our one and only commercial break. I tell you this, you guys are helping grow the pod. We appreciate it. Tweet out the link, Facebook, email your friends, text, whatever. Every Think about it. If everyone just told one person, we would double our listeners. So if you like it, please help us out that way. Or if you like any of our advertisers, give it a try. Under Armour, they're new. We love being associated, pregame.com, with a brand like Under Armour. Whether you're competing, training, recovering, UA has created the best performing gear to make you better. And there's two exciting collections, Vanish and Perpetual. Now, Vanish, it's engineered to be more breathable so you feel lighter and less distracted. And think about it. If you're performing, working out at a high level, if you're working out because, hey, you're in your 40s or 50s and you better start, or if you're just running around on a Saturday, clothes can be what? They can be positive 
neutral or negative. And let's be uh, let's be honest. If they're positive, if just the way you feel, the way you're moving, the way you look, if if you can actually feel, move, look better for a modest amount. Yeah, if it was five hundred a shirt, you'd say, eh, maybe it's worth it, maybe it's not. You're gonna buy shirts anyway. So check out Vantage from Under Armour. Also, Perpetual. A crazy amount of design and details to help improve the way your body moves. Now, they also have the best fitness apps to help you track and learn how to put that gear to the test. Map my run. You can track your runs, log workouts, and tap into coaching with UA's Map My Run, which you can sync with one of Under Armour's connected running shoes or other devices like Samsung smartwatch. And finally, if you sign up for premium, you can unlock even more tools to help you achieve your fitness goals under armor. And lastly, our old friend at true car. Here are some useful car tips. You might not be aware of a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage and You can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Wow, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you enjoy the real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. If it's available in yours, take advantage. Best bets down the home stretch. It's been a deep dive and some fun. You got to listen. Fezzik's tough to deal with. You got to get him when he's down. And when he's not here is, let's be honest, <laughs> the best time. Best bets in a minute. First, though, number two. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Michigan State. Brad Powers on the Buckeyes. Ken He's a naysayer on Michigan State. Brad, I'm going to let you go first, Buckeye. Yeah, I'm going to. I like the Buckeyes here just because I like to buy low. If we're talking about a stock, it doesn't get any lower than the Buckeyes right now. Five straight non covers for Ohio State. A game last week off a bye. Everyone, including myself, expect Ohio State flip the script a little bit, look impressive against Nebraska. Wasn't the case for Ohio State, but my goodness, this line just a few weeks ago would have had Ohio State laying near double digits in this one. I'll take the Buckeyes because I did like a couple of adjustments Ohio State made coming off the bye, particularly the run game for Ohio State. Got going last week against Nebraska, 200 plus rushing yards. For the duo of Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins, nearly 300 yards between the two of those. I'll take Ohio State here against a Michigan State team that can't match Ohio State offensively score for score. Give me the Buckeyes. 
That's right. They can't match him offensively. There's no question about it. Despite Lewerke coming back, getting that starting nod last week after Lombardi stepped in and took care of business on the road. But this is a Michigan State team that this is their bowl game. I mean, they're going to make a bowl, but it's going to be a poor man's bowl. And this is it. They're at home. They want to take out the Ohio State Buckeyes, and they got an injured fighter right now. You talked about Ohio State. Here's a team that gave up 27 first downs to Nebraska, 456 yards to Nebraska in the horseshoe. That's not good. Michigan State, what do they do well? Well, they slow down the run. They don't stop it, but they slow it down. And if you can slow down Dobbins and Weber, put pressure on Haskins, who I wonder why the kid doesn't take off and run. I mean, if this kid took off and run, I really think Ohio State would be a legit top five team. But he doesn't do it. He's too one-dimensional. It's going to come back and bite him. Kenny Willekes will get pressure on. Joe Batchy, outstanding linebacker. He'll come in. They'll have some stunts, some blitzes. They'll keep it close. It'll be ugly. They'll muck it up. Michigan State, they're going to win this game outright. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, it's only a three-and-a-half-point line. I'm not, no, I'm not I, saying no, they're going to lose by two. Just, <laughs> <laughs> All right. couple questions. Brad, you said they've lost five straight against the spread. Yep. Now, some might say, why does that matter? What happens is people bet them. Imagine if you go to a bar, let's say you're single, you're looking for a uh, connection, right? Spiritual. You go to the bar, you don't, <laughs> why are you fighting? It's the way you said spiritual. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Is why, <laughs> there's different kind of spiritual things. Why, if you go to one bar and five straight times, you don't get lucky, we'll say. And then you go to another bar and three out of five, you get lucky. Where are you going that 10th night or 11th night? Going to the bar, you got lucky. Exactly. For example, let's uh, think back to the old days here. I've been married a while. There was a bar, is a bar called the Double Down. Ken, I'm sure you've spent a few nights at the Double Down. No? No. Really? Nope. You know of the Double Down, right? I do. Were you scared? The name. No. With those 23 no, Python? You know, well, here's the thing. And when he talks about spiritual, as wild as my old days were, I met my wife on eHarmony five and a half years ago. Yeah, but I'm talking about 10 years ago. Yeah, well, no, about 20 years ago. I mean, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Double down was right up my alley, man. Okay, okay. But you weren't, how long have you been in Vegas? I've been in Vegas 19 years. Okay, but you didn't go. I was uh, married my first you, time. That's or, what brought are me you here. Worried that she's going to be listening on this? No, show? not not even. No, and and that's the cool thing with my current wife. There is no. Uh, the, she knows. Yeah, Ken. she's Ken, so cool. Ken was Ken. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, let's just say me and the Double Down had a great symbiotic relationship, right? So to me, if you're betting Ohio State, and every time you're losing, what's your inclination to bet Ohio State the next time? Less. Yep. yep. Thus, they get cheaper, right? So there is some uh, actions of the better logic to it. Number two, I really believe this health issue with Urban Meyer. I don't know how much it's affecting him, but this team has had. No, if you add up the distraction, if you look at Alabama, like let's say, who right now, if you look at the six or seven favorites to win the title, Ohio State's what third or fourth right now? Yeah. In that range. All right. If you add up all the other distractions on the teams other than Ohio State out of the top six or seven mm. and Ohio State, is is it about even? If you count the, you know, obviously the preseason stuff, et cetera? I'd still make Ohio State the favorite with more distractions against the other five teams combined. And to me, that's the fatigue factor. And we talked about it in August. 
I think if I say somehow sneak, because remember, correct me if I'm wrong. If they win here and beat Michigan, they're in. Yep. I actually will feel pretty optimistic that Ohio State will exceed expectations. I don't, you know, whatever those are, because they'll have that five, six weeks. I think this is a tired team right now. So, you know, some of it physical, but some of it just psychological. I would say more of it psychological. And RJ, what's your feeling? Because you're a Buckeye. What is your feeling about them looking at that Michigan game now to where they know they're a three and a half point home dog? Do they miss the boat against Michigan State? Because this is not an easy place to play. So where, who do they play in between Michigan State and Michigan? A nobody, a tomato can. Okay. So to me, it feels like that, that when you have a two-game stretch here and you know you've really fallen short now. They're at Maryland. Yeah. So to me, my sense is, guys, we got to win two games and then we then we got our shot. So I would expect, I'd actually really look on them here. So let's see. Ken, you're a Michigan State. Ohio State's three and a half. You know, I'm going to look. Let's do this. Let's do our best bet. I'm going to, I'm going to keep open the green button on this game. I might jump in on Ohio State. Let's do our best bets. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. You know, actually, a little bonus action here. This is one of Esler's. Sound. This isn't his best bet, but he's got sound on this one where he's got a strong opinion. So I'm going to listen and let him guide me here. He's a dog player, so if he likes the Buckeyes, in fact, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what he likes, but if he likes the Buckeyes, I'm betting the Buckeyes. Michigan State, Ohio State, and I'm going to give you all the reasons not to take the Buckeyes. <laughs> you know, is the, is the Urban Meyer thing a factor? Well, I think it is. When a board of trustees member resigns, it's a factor. When two four-star recruits decommit, it's a factor. If you look at OSU on the road this year, two true road games lost badly at Purdue, who Michigan State beat. They beat Penn State by only one. And you look back at that neutral game against TCU, only a 12-point win, and given what we know now about TCU, rather unimpressive. The OSU premium that you pay, they're 31 and 5 the last three years. They're 16 and 19 against the spread. And their defense, the last three games, has given up an average of 461 yards. By contrast, Michigan State, last three games, allowed 278 yards. And they are the number two team in opponents' yards per rush in the NCAA. Last year, they lost this game, embarrassed, 48-3. to Michigan State this season were home dogs to Purdue, and they won. They're home dogs to the Buckeyes, and they're going to win unless RJ has something to say about it. No, no, no. I mean, listen, that was a pretty strong handicap. Yeah, he left out home dogs. Michigan State was to Michigan and couldn't even get 100 yards of offense. That was men against boys. Yeah, but then again, <laughs> you're talking about a Michigan defense, and you're talking about All a right, defense listen. that's given up 461 a game here's, the last Here's three. what we know. Auto bat between you two, second crossfire, second bat. And now let's get, like, listen, you just heard that Ashler has won more money for his clients or as much money as anybody at pregame. If you, if you like that style, that matter of Joe Friday, facts, 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 follow him on Twitter, get a better flavor. It's at Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Dave underscore Esler. Now, 
off of Blossom. Let's do his best bet. It's on the Georgia Tech Miami of Florida game. First game I want to look at this week is the Miami Hurricanes and Georgia Tech. And thanks to Brad for putting them on the list. We have the most disciplined team against the least disciplined team. Miami, we know they're undisciplined. Preseason, they were number eight. Now they're not even in the others receiving votes category. I think the Miami betting market is still living off that Notre Dame win last year. They don't know who their quarterback is. Rozier, five picks this season, all on the road. Perry, if he goes, only thrown six passes on the road. Two of them have been picked. I went back and looked at Rick just out of curiosity. He's never known who his quarterback was. In fact, on either side of Aaron Murray, who never really won anything, Rick recruited Joe Cox, Hudson Mason, and Grayson Lambert. Any success he has had in Miami went with Brad Kaya, who he didn't recruit. Since he went to Miami, the Canes are under 500 against the spread in the ACC. And who's second in the ACC in that time? Georgia Tech, only BC with a better ATS record. Tech lost this game by a point in Miami last year. Tech needs one more game to become bowl eligible. They got Virginia and Georgia next. They need this one. In spite of the Miami turnover chain, it's Tech with the better turnover margin. At night, more drunk energy is going to carry Tech to a bowl game like Georgia Tech here quite a bit. Hmm, best bet, Georgia Tech. Listen, I'm doing this impromptu. I mean, Ashler is too good. We haven't done a special with him. I'm going to give you a coupon. Ashler 30. E-S-S-L-E-R, all caps, the number three, the number zero. You go pick any, and I'm going to have Tom, our head of sales, put together a few interesting Essler packages, finish the year at a discount, and then whatever the price is, the public is getting, you're getting 30% less. Just go add it to the shopping cart, secure and all that. Put Essler 30 in the coupon code and save 30%. And like I said, Dave... Win, win, win. By the way, speaking of winning, hopefully, can you also like Georgia Tech? Yeah, I do like Georgia Tech a lot. In fact, uh, if you listen to and RJ tells you, get on there, listen to Straight Out of Vegas. I love Georgia Tech. That was my play there. Uh, Tobias Oliver, the redshirt freshman, has done a great job. How about last week in their win? They didn't have one passing yard, only one passing attempt, 0 of 1, Tobias Oliver, but they rushed for 465 yards. He rushed for 215 and three touchdowns. Mason and Howard did their job. Look, Miami's just falling apart right now, and this Mark Richt, you know, alma mater marriage that looks so good, boy, right now, it's in divorce court. They're in a lot of trouble. I think Georgia Tech wins this game by double digits. So, Brad, you lean Miami here. Yeah, and to me, you know, obviously Georgia Tech runs a different style of offense. It's the option offense. So generally speaking, I like coaches that have experience defending it. Mark Rick, hmm, head coach at Georgia, played Georgia Tech every year. Been the head coach now three years at Miami. Done quite well defending that option. How about 15 and two, 17 meetings against Georgia Tech, Mark Rick is. And specifically matchup wise, look, I get it. And here's why I like the under in addition to Miami is I agree with you guys. Miami's offense is putrid, but Miami's defense still among the nation's best. In fact, number one in the country in tackles for loss. Hmm. I kind of like a very disruptive front seven for Miami to cause some havoc against an option team that they've had success against in the past. Lean Miami like under. RJ, the last thing is last year, it looked like Georgia Tech was going to get a win in the rain in Miami, and they floundered, and it was just a sad loss. They lost by a point. They had this game circled. Also, last three games, Miami's offense, 
13 points per game on average. Absolutely pathetic. That's can <clears throat> Jeez, I've been talking a lot. That I'm waiting for Brad to press the button on. He it. pressed it twice. Oh, did he really? On this? No, no not he this says one. He no, I like the He'd audience. Oh, I thought you said he liked it. Go with the over. I'll press the button. I no, no, I thought you said you liked it. No, <laughs> lean I, Georgia Tech like under. If he liked it, it'd be an auto bat, baby. Okay. Yeah. Right? Those are batting words, you, is how we like to say. You got your hands full with Sparty on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'm not worried. I, you hear Esler's uh, breakdown on that? That's fine. Yeah, you listen I to mean, that sucker again. Finally. There's a reason RJ gave him 30% off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Everyone gets their, when people shine, they get their exactly. extra I, I expect him to continue to shine. Good job, Dave. He's got a good history. Bat, uh, here we go. Two games left. Ken Thompson best bet. Yeah, my best bet's going to be Pittsburgh. I like the way this team's controlling the trenches, and that's that's the thing. Narduzzi uh, coming over from Michigan State, you know, under some pressure to win some games there. This team's been very competitive, and they dominated Virginia both sides of the line of scrimmage last week. Look, Kenny Pickett's not a flashy passer, but you hand the ball off to Darren Hall, he gets you 229 and three touchdowns. A couple weeks ago, he got 107 and two against Syracuse. Allison had 149 and a touchdown against Duke. He had 192 against Syracuse. So this Pittsburgh team has won three of their last four. Their only loss, a 1914 game to the undefeated Notre Dame Irish. I like the way Pitt's playing right now. Again, in the trenches is huge. They got a good field goal kicker in Kessman. I think Virginia Tech's going the other way and they're struggling mightily and they're all banged up. Brad even told me. Boy, when you see the mash unit there for Vodtech, you know they're in a lot of trouble. I like the way Ryan Willis plays, but he's still going through growing pains. I think Pittsburgh dominates this game. Give me Pitt minus the points. They take care of business. Agree, disagree. Yeah, I just don't like it. I love this pick a lot. Uh, and for a multitude of reasons. Number one, like Ken said, two teams heading in opposite directions. Not necessarily pricing the number completely uh, because Pitt was so bad early in the season and Virginia Tech's got more of a name brand and history, especially on the defense side of the ball. But this particular defensive group for Virginia Tech, worst in at least 25 years. Cluster injuries on every single level of the defense. Been absolutely gashed run defense each of the last two weeks against Georgia Tech and Boston College. What does Pittsburgh like to do? Run the football. They have a 200 monster. That running back, Pitts, own the series, covered 10 in the last 11. So they've had significant matchup edges. I like the Panthers a lot here. Okay, so this is one you're batting. Absolutely. Awesome. Last game on the card. Batting cleanup, Brad Powers. And I'm going to take Texas best bet on the Longhorns minus one and a half against Texas Tech. And to me, this is all about a quarterback injury for Texas Tech not being properly priced in the marketplace. So Texas Tech has played two different quarterbacks this season. They got a good passer and Alan Bowman. He's the player, the quarterback that's out for this game is having some additional, uh, I would say, repercussions to a lung injury he had a few weeks ago. Alan Bowman out, the better passer for Texas Tech. Texas Tech also has a better running quarterback, guy that can't really beat you over the top. And to me, that plays into the hands of this Texas defense. The weakness on Texas's defense, pass defense, rush defense. If you're going to line it up against them, I think Texas can defend that. And I'm buying Texas low after back-to-back, basically coin flip losses against Oklahoma State and last week against West Virginia. I'll take the Longhorns to, to, to rebound here, laying a short number. Give me Texas minus one and a half. Hmm, we might have some action here. Mm. Might have some action. So, Esler has some sound. It's not his best bet. It's on tech. But I'm looking at the market. Somehow you got one and a half. It looks like it's closer to two. Oh, 
Well, so I got to wonder, it's your best bet. Yeah. I'd be betting, um, 500, 500. Let's do it. I, th- here's my question. You give me two, give me plus one ten. Mm. No, no, no. I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, take it. <laughs> All right. Hold on. I haven't pressed. You button. sound like the Riddler. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear Astler's rationale first. Hold on. I don't like fading, but you're, how's your, how's your best bets going? Eight and two on the season. Eight and oh, when I don't take a double digit dog. Eight and oh this year. Good luck. Eight and oh, when you don't take a double digit dog? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't think, I think you want to take that. Like that's no, there's no logic there. I know. Eight and two, 80%. (laughs) <laughs> if I got my hair cut in the last yeah. week, I'm undefeated. <laughs> All right, let's hear Ashler first. I don't like Fade and Brad, but I'm feeling Ashler. Texas, Texas Tech. You know, Tech is likely without Alan Bowman, their quarterback, re-injured his collapsed lung last week, hence the early Longhorn money. However, Cliff Kingsbury, quarterback guru, he's Coach Manziel, Keenum, Mayfield, Mahomes, this week, he's got an entire week to get Jet Duffy ready. He got a lot of experience in the second half of that Sooner game, and he beat TCU on the road. Not sure I agree with that early Longhorn money. This is Tech's last home game. They've got five wins. They need one more. Haven't been to a bowl game in three years. Huge motivation. Texas, after the Sooners win, squeaked by Baylor without Ellinger, lost a heartbreaker at Oak State, and a bigger heartbreaker last week against the Mountaineers. I really question their mental state right now. Texas on defense, they're without Brecken Hager, their starting defensive end. His replacement is out. Their starting senior cornerback has a neck sprain. So can you really trust that defense is after last week, especially on the road, against anyone? I like Texas Tech here. I'm not sure Brad Powers agrees. Ooh. I'm looking. Matchbook is like one and a half minus 14 on Texas. Well, I'm walking into a trap here. So I get 500 to win 550, mm-hmm. and I'm getting plus two. Yep. All right. And Esther, yeah, and Esther we trust. Good luck. What are you, <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, Esther's breakdown was outstanding. So, you know. If you had a bet, who would you bet? He mentioned Tech hasn't been to a bowl game in the last three years. They went to a bowl game last year. How? By beating Texas on basically in the final minute. Texas had the game taken care of. Game was over until Sam Ellinger threw one of the worst interceptions I saw any quarterback throw in college football last season. Texas, yes, I get it. Maybe you're questioning the motivation. I think they remember what happened to them at home last year against Texas Tech. So, Another reason why I like the Longhorns. Well, I tell you that, I mean, listen, for someone forgetting someone made a bowl or making a mistake, we're all human there, right? If I, And Esler, you trust. Yeah, I'm saying is the idea, to me, it's the general handicap. And, and, and I think you had something there that was particularly appealing, which is Texas Tech is plug and play. Mm. Right? They've got, they've got, go ahead. And, okay, the replacement quarterback, Jet Duffy, did come in for the majority of the West Virginia game. And he brought them back from a 20 some odd point deficit to where they were driving for the tying score with about three minutes to go in Lubbock. He threw a pick six that score a little bit deceiving. So he does have experience in a big game in Lubbock. But you seem offended. No, not at all. You upset? Very happy. 
You're happy. I was hoping Ken would push a button. Well, I, I lean Texas, but now I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't like Texas because if I'm RJ, I'm probably pressing that button. I I, I would play Tech now if I had to play this game, but I'm going to. Wow, I don't like my handicap. I, it's not that I don't like your handicap. <laughs> you I like, that I take I, personally. Esther brought up Esther no, <laughs> brought up some stuff that I did not yeah, see not in the right. handicap. Listen, I here's what I'm going to say to end it. Five hundred went five fifty plus two. Yep, I'm with Dave. I'm I'm with you a lot. Don't don't get oh, upset. All right. Don't get upset. But it's not really in Dave we trust. We'll go out with this one. In our day we trust. Yeah, Dave. What's we up? Throwing them, baby. Here we go. Let's get it. Tuition paid. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.